Hello and welcome to Daily Cafe on Unsafe Space with Carter and Carrie. Today is Tuesday, February 11th. And if it's your first time here, we're glad to have you. We hope that you'll hit like and subscribe. And we'll give you a warning. Channels called Unsafe Space. You're probably not going to agree with everything that each of us say all the time. In fact, I disagree with Carter about half the time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's okay. We, we like that and we encourage that. I'm just saying that because we saw in the comments recently somebody didn't like something Carter said, which I probably agree with you. Who knows? But you don't have to leave. You're still welcome here. Just your friendly announce, unsafe space announcement. Kara's mad at me because I'm being a curmudgeon. But here's the thing. No. Uh, I, like, I'm not mad at you. Okay. She's not mad. I don't – like I, you can – criticize i'm just gonna give you shit back you can give me shit i'll give you shit back like that's that's the way it is and if you can't handle it then then go ahead leave the name of the channel is unsafe space so like i don't agree with there's people that i absolutely love who contribute to this show that totally disagree with me about stuff but if you can't take take a little bit of ribbing uh this probably isn't the place for you if you're if you're hypersensitive this is not the channel for you to watch or or if you're hypersensitive maybe this is the channel for you because it'll help you get over that and learn how to hang out with people and talk to people who disagree with you on things and even sometimes say things that offend you yes carrie's prescribed this channel for you i like that better that's a better answer uh i it's it's real dark in this room sorry i'm recording carrie's calling from the death star today yeah and uh I don't, I don't, that's not even funny. The Death Star's not dark. I don't know, uh, whatever. You're hey. calling, it looks like you're doing Blair Witch Project from. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Are you making fun of my hat again? And the, <laughs> more, more of the lighting, but then I realized the hat goes with the lighting and it's a, it's a good combination. It's all, all together. Let there be light. I mean, it didn't really work. I'm kind of a lame. <laughs> God, there's not much light there. Is it slightly? It's slightly better. It's better. It's much, much better. Well, okay, maybe everyone else will notice how much better it is. But okay, Carrie, are you familiar with the motherboard, the Vice like sub publication called Motherboard? Yes. Okay, it says it's a tech thing. I don't know how this particular article counts as tech, but I want to show you this article that was in. Um, a couple people brought it to our attention, including Jack. Um, so here's the article and it is titled why I quit being a climate activist. So I saw the title and I was like, that's odd for vice. Why would, wow. Interesting. How would vice run an article like this? Then you look at the subtitle, the climate movement is overwhelmingly white. So I walked away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. So wait, wait, wait. Wait, let yep. me guess. Is the writer also white? No, the writer, well, the writer is half white, uh, half German and half Filipino. So uh, Filipina, I'm not sure which is correct. Probably Filipina, because I believe it's a woman. Um, so the writer's- So she half. gets to have half an opinion. <laughs> she, she, one of her legs walked away, but the other one is still firmly planted in the climate change movement. Anyway, right. uh, yeah, so, she talks about how she is asked to give speeches about how her family was um, affected uh, by Typhoon Haiyan uh, in 2013. 
and she decided, she realized, I guess, I'm, I'm not going to second guess her on this. She realized that she was only being asked as sort of a token so that white people could see how non-whites were being affected by climate change. And she didn't feel like that uh, she had a voice beyond being used as a token to tell her story. Um, well, hold on a second. Let me interrupt you because this is the first time I'm hearing this. You've already read it. But yeah. as you go, I just want to give you my initial reactions. Of course sure. you're being used as a token. That's what your belief system does. Your belief system values you. SJW ideology values you for your race and your sex. So, of course, they're tokenizing you. That is what they do. It's like saying, wait a minute, this racist belief system that I'm in is racist. Yes, it is. <laughs> like, that's why you're important. And by right. the way, she hasn't cured she hasn't cured herself of this ideology because she doesn't say in the headline, I'm, I walked away because they were racist and using me as a token. She says, I walked away because they're white. She's still making it about their race. Right. Yeah, ab absolutely. Um, and I actually, I don't think she's wrong about the climate activist movement, but, but hold on. So, so she, um, so she says, after a while, I realized I would only be called upon when climate organizations needed an inspiring story or a diverse voice. Um, whenever I'd questioned the whiteness of these spaces and how strategies didn't take race into account. So she's like, Hey, you're not racist. What's going on? You're not taking race into account. Uh, I would be met with uncomfortable silences. Uh, the last time at a nationwide movement building workshop last April, I was asked, well, then why are you even here? So I decided not to be there anymore. And so she cites other examples. I guess there was recently this example of um, a Ugandan activist, Vanessa uh, Nakate. Um, she found herself cropped from a picture in dialogue as the only African on a youth panel in the Davos World Economic Forum. She said the erasure showed how we are valued. Wait um, a minute. Scroll up. Yes. So she says just the, uh, the paragraph below the photo. Thank you. I stayed home at home from climate marches telling people my knee was injured and kept to myself. So you lied. You're a yes, liar. She, she did. <laughs> you can't just tell them the truth. <laughs> like, again, I just have to point that out. I, not that it's any different than most people. I just—it's amazing how much we lie. Like, why not it's, just say, "Here's why I'm not coming." It's very sad how much we lie, and uh, I don't know if it's gotten worse. Maybe people always lie. And she just admitted it, like. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Know. I, I don't okay. Anyway, I don't, I don't sorry. It's gotten worse, but yeah. Okay, so here we go. So yeah, so she. I mean, you already get the gist of the article, right? So she. She cites uh, this other person being cropped from a photo. Um, she's, many other climate activists of color have described similar experiences of tokenism. Um, she mentions that she's half German um, and really basically just, there's not really anything else to this entire article, right? It's, um, Sometimes it's being asked time and time again what whiteness, capitalism, and equity have to do with climate change. So apparently not everyone is as fully woke. There's some climate activists who don't understand how whiteness, capitalism, and inequality uh, are related. Um, 
Other times it's more major, like how activists promote veganism as the biggest, as a single biggest way to reduce their carbon footprint, but ignore how people have been killed after protesting against the sourcing of plant-based foods like palm oil on indigenous lands. Um, she just says, in recent years, Philippines has had the highest number of environmental defenders murdered. Where Now, she's using these words. These aren't my words, right? Murdered. Where arrests and disappearances have been attributed to combating communist insurgency. I don't know the details of that. So, um, claiming that uh, groups have been uh, targeted. Anti-racism and anti-capitalism need to be made part of organizing. If green policies fail to consider anti-racism and migrant rights, how is the person of color supposed to feel voting for them or organizing in this in the same spaces? So... And then she says, like, hey, there's a growing movement of BIPOC people in environmental and climate justice, collective in Berlin, blah, blah, blah. So uh, I just wanted to bring this up because I I partly agree with her on this. And um, I don't know how you feel, Gary, but I think climate activism is a uniquely white complaint. I think climate change is a uniquely... Um, and I don't, I say white, I'm going to put white in quotes. It's a first world problem is a better way to put it. Uh, the, the climate activists run around telling us that we should be vegetarian or vegan. We shouldn't eat meat. Now meat is the, um, it's the most calorically dense food that you can have. And there's lots of populations where, um, it would be difficult for them to feed their population through vegan means. Um, they're running around telling people that they shouldn't burn coal for energy, but there's lots of places in the world where they don't have enough energy to have decent refrigeration or um, sustainable uh, medical uh, facilities. And so the only way they can get that energy, which saves lives, is by doing things the environmentalists don't like. Um, the idea that... Um, the idea that we should all adopt this super woke environmental attitude actually harms a lot of people who aren't white, happen to not be white. It harms a lot of people in third world countries whose standard of living isn't so high that they can buy a Tesla and make sure that their coffee is fair trade. These people are <laughs> suffering. And, you know, if burning coal, I mean, a lot of times if you, you know, there are still people burning fires in their like small houses and 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 as as a source of heat and and cooking fire and cooking on fires in their houses oh, yeah. and breathing in toxic fumes like there's parts of the world where things are much much worse than the first world who thinks that the biggest problem that we've got is that there are some models that predict some warming sorry you're going to say something no, I was just going to say, I I mean, obviously, I, I agree. I think it's a first world concern and probably, I don't I haven't looked at stats, but probably predominantly white because, well, our country still, if you look at percentages, isn't majority white. So if you've got a lot of Western people, Americans running around concerned about climate change, and a lot of them are SJWs, well, SJWs tend to be pretty white. <laughs> I, I agree with her. I, my whole point is just that she hasn't learned anything, though. That doesn't really matter that it's mostly white. It, what right, matters you're is right. That she hasn't she's learned. In, yeah. She hasn't learned. She's in an ideology that prioritizes race above everything else, race and sex above everything else, your, whatever identity group you're in. 
it's a racist and sexist belief system. And then she says, hey, I'm being used as a token because of my race and sex. And so it's like, yeah, you are. And then in their next breath, she continues to push these racist and sexist ideas. Well, who cares? It's like you haven't learned anything. So, yeah. The other, I, the other, it's an opportunity to learn that was lost, I think. Yeah, probably. I mean, the other thing that I think is um, this made me think about this generally the other day when I saw this article. Uh, we have a society in which um, people are not, people don't understand how to think logically and scientifically. It's not been, that's not being taught. It's not necessarily their fault. There's just, people aren't being taught how to evaluate evidence for themselves and come draw their own conclusions or not being taught to have the courage to speak out and trust their own mind and their own conclusions on things. And so, but they're, but they're surrounded by a world in which science the um, the products of science are prevalent. They're all over the place. You see them everywhere, right? You see you, uh, iPhones and um, electric cars and movies, like the, everywhere from movies to medicine. Like you, you see science all around doing these amazing things. And if you have a bunch of people who um, haven't learned how to think like a scientist, they don't understand really how to think logically and draw conclusions rationally and use the scientific method. Um, but, but they're inundated with all these examples of how great science is. What happens is um, they start to treat people who have science somewhere in their title, scientist or whatever, they've got a credential that's got the patina of science on it. They start to treat those people like they're magicians or like they're sorcerers, like, they're, like science somehow becomes this magic thing and the the I don't want to get into a big climate change debate, but the thing the red flags with climate change, the thing that should make any rational person extremely skeptical of the climate change movement, is the extent to which they are religious about it. These these people can't defend their arguments. So, for example, she says she cites this typhoon in the Philippines. And she says that Philippines have been hit by a lot of bad weather lately, basically. There's no, that's not linked to climate change. You can't link that to climate change. Not in any, um, I mean, you can construct some link in your head about how it's related to climate change, but there's no actual evidence that would be reasonably construed that where you would say, oh yes, this particular thing led to these outcomes. And if you question anything, if you say, hey, I just read an article the other day that NASA said we're going to go into a little ice age because actually the sun controls most of uh, uh, our, our temperature is largely controlled by the sun and the sun's they think is going to enter a period of fewer sunspots or whatever, more dormancy or whatever it is. And so we should be entering a little ice age. If you bring this kind of stuff up, if you bring any counter evidence up, if you ask any questions about things that seem to kind of not make sense, if you point out that the models have failed over and over and over again for decades to predict accurately, instead of being met with a serious discussion about why you're wrong and like here's some counter examples and this let me explain it and blah 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 oh let's have a conversation about climate change you are you are immediately called a science denier um and yeah. that's religious that's a religious attitude um and all of their behavior is religious in nature which is why 
I think a rational person looks at this and immediately should be skeptical of everything that they're saying because of the way that it's treated. There may be, I mean, I, I personally think it's likely that humans contribute. There's some form of anthropogenic climate change. It's likely that human activity does affect the climate at some point if there's enough human activity. Like, I think that's probably true. Um, do I think it's catastrophic? And do I think it matters in terms of human flourishing? I don't know. I mean, it may not. It may actually be that it's better for humans to have the temperature increase slightly. As long as we have cheap energy and can save people's lives, we can adapt to um, changed climate, possibly. Uh, but to say that the hurricane or the typhoons in the Philippines are some like not, not even say that they're a result of climate change, just say it as if it's assumed that we all know that it's a result of climate change. This person doesn't know that. No one knows that. Um, and this kind of religiosity is a red flag. And so um, I think that this is, I think she's seeing, I guess it makes sense that climate change is so tightly uh, coupled with social justice. And it's, I think this is an example of kind of two weird uh, secular religions colliding in some way. Um, and yeah. I think eventually the climate change movement, the climate activists, um, I think they have a very similar agenda to the social justice warriors, which I think is the destruction of Western civilization. Yeah. If you notice, all their answers well, to everything is go after capitalism, right? So, um, you know, uh, I, I, I'm not surprised that I, I kind of expect this kind of a thing. I don't know what you think, Carrie. Do you, do you expect this to happen more? I think there's going to be more and more people attacking climate activists for being too white. I don't know. Sorry, I, I, that was a long <laughs> one. You had to sit back and drink your coffee. Sorry. I've not seen infighting in the climate activist community before. Have you? Oh, I mean, probably. I don't. I can't think of any specific examples, but this happens all the time in SJW. I mean, we've talked about this. It's the purity spiral thing. Yeah, I guess my question is like. I don't understand, not as an S, I'm not a climate activist and I'm not, I was never a social justice warrior. Are they, how closely are those two communities linked? Are they like right on top of each other? Is it the Venn diagram completely overlapping? Uh, for the most part, because, well, it's like anything else. SGW ideology has moved in there. Just like Occupy, well, that's what, what tore apart the Occupy movement. It cannibalizes whatever it infects. And so uh, all of the questions she's asking here are SJW, you know, you can see its impact just in her article. So you think this is just another example of like social justice convergence into a different realm? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then it becomes primarily about social justice. So you don't, so, you, so climate okay. activism becomes about, you know, like all the questions she was asking, why aren't we talking about race? Why aren't we talking about blah, blah, blah? Because that's what... SJW ideology does. It's like, why aren't we talking about social justice first? And then it cannibalizes, and the people who don't aren't are with it, they get thrown out. Interesting. Uh, uh, I, the reason I'm pausing is because uh, I think as an outsider, I always thought of the climate activist movement as already social justice from its core. I hadn't thought about it as something separate that was being infiltrated because all I've seen from them for decades, like when it was a little ice age, when they were worried about global cooling, 
the problem was capitalism. <laughs> when they were worried about global warming, the problem was capitalism. Uh, when they switched it to climate change because the models weren't working, the problem was capitalism. So to me, I've seen like, it's just the same political ideology. Uh, so I just assumed it was the social justice movement, but you're saying that it wasn't actually, the, it was a different political ideology that's now been infiltrated it's different. by the social justice. Okay. Well, it's all been a, like, just like feminism was feminism at the beginning. I and see. then it all becomes part of this big, it, it just coalesces into one big thing. Okay. So even though we could blame feminism for some of the roots of social justice and possibly some of the tenets of that climate change activists have shared, maybe also be parts of the roots of it. It was a separate movement and it's now being infiltrated or. Oh yeah. Upon. yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. Intersectionality. Well, that's what comes in and, 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 uh, changes everything. You're not intersectional enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a day. Wait, wait, do we have anything else we can talk about? It's a day. Uh, uh, I, I'll, I'll share a personal moment, personal growth moment. Okay. <laughs> so the, just the, the people we were talking about yesterday, like the kind of personality that's really sort of hateful and toxic, this certain specific leftist type that doesn't, they're not there to try and convince you of their opinion or to try and persuade you. They're, and they're not even there to, try and articulate themselves clearly so you can understand they're just there to unload on you like they're just just there to use you as a target for hatred right and projection to project everything that they are and then the way that they're behaving onto you um so last night that conversation continued with those people and it really just became a tit for tat where this guy was just insulting me repeatedly like you know calling me names and you know you're a clown or whatever and it got to a point where there was no reason for me to be there anymore it just it if there had been, which I thought at the beginning there was, there wasn't anymore. And so I just kind of said, you know, goodbye. Uh, well, I explained myself. I said, here's why I said what I said about you being, I think, behaving in an unconscious way. And, um, and then I said, you know, go ahead and have the last word that you so desire. And I really do wish you peace. And I wish your children peace. This guy has a picture of his kids in his picture, in his profile picture, while behaving in such a horrible, disgusting way online. That always blows my mind. It's like, you're a parent. You have children. And this is the way you uh, comport. Is that the word? This is the way you comport yourself? Is the way you behave? That's a, it's that a the good right word. word. Yes, comport. Mm -hmm. So he, uh, I left it that way. But then here's the thing about that. Sometimes you say things like that and you say it in a nasty way. Like, have you ever seen those people who'll be like, well, I'm going to pray for you, but they say it in a mean way. Not yeah. Like a, yeah. The tone is like, way. yeah, I hope that you yeah. enjoy your children or whatever, like, it's like all right, whatever. Yeah. 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 And so did I, he assume I you were about, doing that? Oh, I don't know. Cause I didn't go back in there. Cause I was, I was like, goodbye. I wish you peace. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I was thinking about it and I was thinking that at the end of the night when I was saying my prayers, like, okay do I really wish peace for this guy? Like what I said. And I had to say, I do like, I really do. I have to sit and sit with this for a second and say a prayer of peace for him because otherwise I'm just lying. And also if there's anything wrong with, I also think sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. Like you have to fake the, not, not fake it, but like you kind of have to, even if you don't love this person that you have a lot of animosity towards, 
you sort of have to behave in that way until you start to feel that. Does that make sense? Sort of like treat them in in a... There's truth to the like... There is some, there's a level of truth to fake it till you make it psychologically. Like when you take actions to do things that uh, signify a particular feeling or belief, that feeling or belief like starts to then, like it's a, there's a feedback loop, right? I think it's why like, it's one of the reasons I think when you like smile a lot, you actually do get happier, right? Which is yeah, weird. Right. Which is, yeah, you smile a lot and then you do you feel better, yeah. Yeah. So I actually, I, I think that's just a good, uh, I don't know. I was thinking about it. If anybody else goes through stuff like that at the, at the end of the night, I really like this whole praying thing because then you sort of take stock of the way you behave throughout the day and see what you could have done better or see what you could have been more honest about or in that guy's case. I, if I hadn't done that, I would have just left there with bad feelings about him. But to at the end of the day say, okay, if you said it, mean it, say a prayer of peace for this guy and actually mean it. And it's weird. It ha- it helps you let go of those like negative feelings. Like you don't. I don't have any of them this morning. It's like whatever. Like I hope he's fine. Um, anyway, yeah. that's my update. <laughs> no, I. It's hard to have the. Um, it's hard sometimes to have that level of empathy, right? When someone gets you wound up. I mean, I, I fail at it all the time, right? When someone gets you really wound up about something, it's. Um, oh, I fail at it all the time too. Yeah, it it's hard to have the kind of empathy for realizing like, uh, oh, this person. I mean, look, a lot of these people that are really angry and bitter online, they're angry and bitter online usually for a reason. Like, it's it doesn't make it right. It's not an excuse for their behavior. And I'm not saying treat them with kid gloves generally. Like, I can be pretty vicious. But um, at the end of the day, like, a lot of them... All that hatred and anger that they're spewing at you, I think most of it is self-hatred. Like, they, like it is. Th- this is the this is because they it's too painful to turn their their lens inward. So they've got to yeah, a, like turn it outward and and attack everyone. And so that's got to be a pretty like they're they're probably pretty miserable. You've talked about this before. Um, I don't know if this is exactly this, but maybe you can men- you can say this uh, if it's true. I don't know if I'm getting it right, but you've talked about some of the the kind of biggest virtue signaling wokest people that like project the most empathy that you've met. It's like celebrities that you've managed um, are like those people are the the worst behind the scenes. They're actually the most miserable, like nastiest people. Um, I don't know if this is related. This seems oh, yeah, related to that. Oh, I think it's true. I think a lot of it's projection. I think people who are really miserable will look for external targets to take that out on. And when you see them engaging in projection, it's like everything. What I do find fascinating about it is everything that this guy is saying, he's behaving in that way in this very thread and he can't see it. It's like, have you seen these people who are, they they call everyone else hateful, uh, uh, you know, just a ton of names and, and that's, but that's the way they're behaving. It's like, right. dude, nobody's behaving that way towards you. You're the only one acting that way and they yeah. can't see it. That's kind of amazing. But yeah, I definitely think it's projection. I think it's, so when you say that prayer of peace or whatever, it's, you, you can, you can, it, you're right. It doesn't make it right that a person behaves that way. And sometimes I behave that way. It doesn't make it right, but it, you can acknowledge like, Hey, that person, 
probably like a prayer piece is good for them and it's good for you because then you can let go of that animosity that you have like especially when you fail at it during the day like i failed at it during the day i was getting all riled up (laughs) i think this is probably one of the important things uh about introspection is when i snap at people and am mean which I, i do um I, I I won't say all the time I do this, but more often than not, I will recognize later that I'm really like why I was quote triggered. It's because I'm angry at myself about something. <laughs> like it's like I'm holding myself to some standard, or I'm like disappointed in myself in some way, and someone points something yeah. out, and like I lash out yeah. at them because really they're hitting a nerve with me because like I'm I'm upset about that thing myself. Like I, I'm already angry at myself or whatever about it, and um. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I don't know, or I think it's hard to do that. I think it's hard to, I think it's hard to have the moments of introspection and do that. And I think we don't live in a culture that promote. we've talked about this before, but we don't live in a culture that promotes taking some quiet time to go be introspective. Yeah, it doesn't. No, absolutely not. So. Um, yeah, I think sometimes somebody, I, I forget who said this, it's a quote about, uh, this whole idea of the shadow and knowing about your shadow self, right? And mm-hmm. the evil that you're capable of or like the worst version of yourself. And I read something about how you're sometimes when you get really provoked and aggravated by someone, it's because it's because you see your shadow self in them. That's why people are so angry <laughs> at their kids sometimes because your kids know you so well that they can press your buttons really well because they know your kids intuitively know what your insecurities are um and like what your they can t- they know what your flaws are even if they can't articulate yeah. them and they know if family member like family members generally like they know they know you well enough that that's why they're able to like really set you off in a way that strangers sometimes oh, yeah. can't because they like <laughs> yeah <laughs> right um, yeah your family members know where all of your wounds are that's like when you get in an argument with a stranger and they're trying to wound you and they're saying all the wrong things and you're like dude if you really wanted to hurt me i could show you where the wounds are right yeah <laughs> like, yeah you don't, you don't know exactly <laughs> ask my wife she can tell you how to really insult me if you want yeah <laughs> yeah but but uh i don't know that, but that means that, we're like, but we know ourselves usually pretty well. And so, like, our, often our internal dialogue that we have ab- about and to ourselves is um, often pretty destructive. And so I imagine if you've got an internal dialogue that's self-critical constantly and you're, you're um, really just hard on yourself all the time, when someone comes along on Facebook and says something that triggers that, you just really, really lash out. You're already wound up. You really are lashing out at them. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for indulging me in some cheesy hippie dippy talk. No worries. I feel like this was a mellow episode. Not very Blair Witchy, but but mellow. Uh, also a little bit meandering. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't know what's going on today, Carrie. But it's, uh, there's nothing we can do about it. In a different location. Yeah. Also, climate. I, okay, I'm gonna confess something to you. You know how I get really bored whenever we talk about finance and money. By the way, what you're about to confess is not news, but go ahead. How do you know? <laughs> How do you know? I, I my... can tell. 
I really do want to do an episode about about uh, climate change at some point, but it bores me to tears. <laughs> it should bore you to tears. I, I mean, honestly, it should bore you to tears. Don't care. How do I start caring? Anyway. Well, wait. Actually, Carrie, I, uh, you'll start caring. Hold on. I remember this date. You and I were looking through the calendar the other day. This is the kind of person I am. I'm just going to I'm gonna share this with everyone. Oh, right. Uh, I'm not going to show them my guys, calendar. But you know what I'm Carter, doing, right? Carter told me this. Carter told me this the other day. In, anybody who's watching still, you guys are going to crack up at this. <laughs> so we're going through our calendar. And we're trying to we – actually, we were thinking about planning um, the unsafe space thing. That's why we're going through the calendar, the unsafe space offsite thing. And uh, not offsite, whatever the get together, and retreat. Retreat. Thank you. That's the word I couldn't find. And uh, <laughs> I see this thing on September 26 this year, 2020. I'm like, what is this? And like, I click on it, <laughs> and it says, according to Think Progress, this is the point of no return for addressing climate change. We're all doomed after September 26. <laughs> like so, apparently at some point they <laughs> they had said that was the point of no return. And so I made a note on it. I mean, there's probably a million notes like that on my calendar from years past of the points of no return and the times when we're all going to be dead and blah, blah, blah. And you're a science denier if you don't believe we died in 2020 because of blah, blah, blah. Like, you know. But anyway. Uh, How funny I've, would it be yeah. if we had the retreat on the point of no return? Right. Maybe we should. It's that We should celebrate. It's the point of no return. Uh, so I, my hope, the reason I took that note is I'm hoping on the 27th that they'll shut up completely. Because we're past the point of no return. Let's just ignore it. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> past the point of no return. Let's live our lives. You guys can go away. Go protest something else. Too late. <laughs> I'm not kidding. We should probably tie it to that. It'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, we will do a okay. climate change Thank episode at some point. I want to bring an expert been- on because I, like, I've read about a lot of stuff, but it's been a while and my knowledge is kind of shoddy and I don't want to be the one presenting stuff because it's not... I'd rather have an expert and and just kind of challenge an expert on some stuff and and uh, yeah, we'll do that at some point. There's Carrie. Okay, thank you guys for tuning in. Today's been a interesting episode. Uh, if it's your first time here, you can check us out online at unsafespace.com. We do have a subscribe star if you want to support us financially. And we have a book club coming up. We're going to pick a date for the next book discussion. But in the meantime, you can go ahead and get the book uh, through our book club link at unsafespace.com. We're going to be reading The Madness of Crowds by Douglas Murray. Yes. Go get this. And we, and we have a shop where we you can shop. buy fun t-shirts and hats. Should we name this show... The Pointless of No Return? What should, we, what should the title of this show be? I don't know. <laughs> the Pointless of No Return? Something like that. Makes no sense. All yeah. right, bye, everyone. <laughs>